The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Love the jacket. Uh, for those that are listening and can't see it, that's a swaggy little like Letterman varsity jacket. I, I see it's from the team store. I was going to say, I should have brought mine down, too. This week could have been the silver and white. <laughs> I bought it last year for the whiteout uh, for the 49ers game. So I'll just keep for, for decoration, I guess. You should yeah. sage it. I like that. Sage it. Yeah. Oh, for good luck or right. whatever? Okay. Yeah, why are you bringing that in if it was such bad luck <laughs> bad for the Cowboys? <laughs> it matched. I didn't, that's all I had. <laughs> it's apropos that one of their most heavily penalized games, particularly in the postseason, comes off a week where they were heavily penalized uh, against the Giants. But we <laughs> talked enough about penalties yesterday, right? I was like, don't get me started right. again. Penalties have been an issue for the Cowboys this year, ladies, but also run defense. It's really, truly been an Achilles heel for them. And the reason why I think opposing teams have had a lot of success running the ball against the Cowboys is because the Cowboys have such a formidable pass rush that when you've got one, I think, that's performing at an elite level, they're number one in the league in terms of pass rush. You have three guys that have five sacks or more, 45 sacks a team, which is insane something's got to give, right? So it's where do you find the balance, right? It's almost like we're talking about the Cowboys' offense last year when the passing game was through the roof. You had each receiver, what, 1,000 yards uh, receiving, and then we looked at the run game, and it was anemic. So I think it goes back to complementary um, football, complementary defense, right? The Cowboys had one of the worst run defenses heading into that Vikings game. They were 29th in the league, which is incredible. I mean, that was coming off that nasty good. Packers game, right? <laughs> Uh, But let's talk about where they are now. They've made tiny strides. There's no moral victories, but they're gone from 29th to 24th. I thought what was impressive, and again, we talked about after the Vikings game. I said, I don't know if that was a good indication of whether they had fixed the run defense because they put up so many points, 40 points to just their three. It was hard for them to establish the run. But in that one, they had Dalvin Cook, 11 carries, 72 yards. Then let's talk about last week, which I think was a better indicator of this run defense. Yeah, they shut it down early. Particularly with Daniel Jones and what he could do with his legs, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, 39 yards, 11 carries. He did find the end zone once. Uh, but that led me to ask the question to Micah Parsons, has the run game been fixed? And his answer to me was, we will see this week. So, ladies, I want to pose the question to you. You guys have been watching the games. You watch the film do you think they figured out the run game? Whoever wants to ask, answer this one first. Go for it. Go ahead. I don't. I don't think that there's an immediate fix for something like that. I think that's something that you're going to see within time, within these next few weeks, especially. What I think is very interesting, though, is Leighton Van Der Esch and how he particularly has stepped up to help alleviate the run game and really uh, shut it down early in, in the tackling. That's something I really wanted to mention in terms of the defense in general. I think what, I've ha- what I have noticed these last couple of weeks is instead of tackling forward, they're tackling down and they're not giving that extra yardage, which any yards matter when it comes to this game, as we know. So I don't necessarily think we know yet. I think it's a big question mark still, but I think 
think it's on the right track if they continue to just play the basics of football, tackle well, and stick to their jobs and stick to their tasks like uh, we talked about. So I think it's still to be determined, but I do think uh, with Jonathan Taylor this week, we are definitely going to find out if that run D is uh, fixed or not. I think it goes back to a few weeks ago when Mike McCarthy was speaking about the pass rush being a privilege and you're able to pass rush whenever you're able to defend the run well. And so for me, while it's not necessarily an immediate fix, the thing that all of these guys, when you ask them, how do you fix the run defense, they all say the same thing. We all have to do our jobs. We all have to do our assignments. I mean, Malik Hooker told us that on Monday during Cowboys Hour because I asked him point blank, how do you fix that? Everyone talks about fixing the run defense. How do you fix that? And he's just said, and I think we talked about this too, you know, it takes one guy to mess everything up. And so a heavy emphasis from what I've gathered from the guys in the locker room is just that. They've been watching the film. They've been really nailing down on making sure that they're not doing too much, being too big, not being, you know, getting in the their other teammates' way, just focusing on what they can do. And, I mean, I've got to give them credit. I, it was tough after that Vikings game because you thought, well, they smacked the Vikings. And so it was really challenging to evaluate anything other than how well the offense performed in that game. So then we said, all right, well, let's see if they do it against the Giants. And then they held Saquon Barkley to, what, 39 yards on 11 carries? So, I mean, it's tough because, yes, there was a run defense issue for sure. I'm not negating that. But I just kind of feel like they got out of their own way. They've talked about that a lot this week, too, just getting out of their own way. And I think Jonathan Taylor posing that offensive running game threat again you'll get the opportunity to see, you know, how much they've continued to improve on doing the little things correctly. Absolutely. And to your point, one of the more important things that I thought that they did well was actually defend Daniel Jones well, Mm -hmm. because that's something that the Cowboys have had trouble with with mobile quarterbacks. I also, too, want to talk about how how much patience it takes to earn the pass rush when you know teams teams are almost one-dimensional coming into this game because they don't want to pass on you. So I think that's also something I'm trying to keep in mind when we think about the rush defense is that if a team has no other option or the only way that they see success is through running, it's going to be that's that's what they're focusing on. So I, I also think that for the players, a lot of it is just being patient and waiting for that time when – that team may just run the ball, run the run, run the ball, because they don't know what else. They don't want to do anything else. But also, you also got a lot of run support this past game from your DBs. Mm-hmm. They came up and were willing to help uh, contain the edge, close off the edge. Uh, I think Deron Bland had a couple plays. Um, the safeties, the cornerbacks. It's a collective effort, and that's something that you hadn't seen in the past couple weeks as well. Is that those corners felt like they were attacking the edges? Teams were attacking the edges, and one of the reasons they were doing it was because your corners and your safeties. We're not coming up and tackling them being physical is making a difference in the run game as well. And I definitely think this week they are going to commit to running the ball, particularly when you you look at some of the struggles that this offensive line has had for oh, the Colts. Yeah. Uh, questions about the arm strength of uh, Matt Ryan. He's not a dual threat quarterback. This is not <laughs> a guy that's going to use his legs at 37. Uh, even though we heard Dan Quinn saying he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's the ultimate competitor. Sure, he's gotten the team to a Super Bowl before, uh, but I just think he's, I mean, there was a reason he was benched twice this season, right? And so when we talk about their other weapons, uh, we talked to Lara Overton about this yesterday. They have Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, to consider if they want to, you know, go out and do something with their passing game, but I think Jonathan Taylor is really their offensive weapon, but still, she mentioned this yesterday, 
the Jonathan Taylor that they're dealing with this season is not the Jonathan Taylor that we saw last season. In fact, I think he's only got two 100-yard games this season yeah, compared only to— Only two. Yeah, I think last year he had seven. Let me double-check double, double, double check that so I'm not giving you guys bad information around the water cooler. <laughs> uh, I would hate that. I'd hate for you to be quoting me, and I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, so he had 10 games in 2021, most in the NFL, of 100 or more rushing yards. And like I said, he's well, he's only had one, one only had 100 rushing yard games into this year. Uh, so, again— I think he's he's a threat you have to be mindful of. It was Micah Parsons who described him as a light Derrick Henry. Um, but you've done a little bit more research on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. What should Cowboy fans know about the opponent this week? Well, aside from his acceleration, his ability to really take off, I think one thing to really note about him is that he can run through those arm tackles. So that's why I think tackling is going to be put to the test this week, specifically with Jonathan Taylor, because when he has that power, oh, he's going and he's going far. So you mentioned he has two 100-yard games. One of them actually came week one against the Texans. He had 161 yards, touching the ball 31 times during that game. He was averaging only about 5.2 yards a carry, which isn't bad when you consider the positive yardage that comes with that. His longest run that week was 17 yards. Now you jump again to week seven, his second 100-yard rushing game, 147 yards, touched the ball 22 times. He averaged 6.7 yards a carry that week. His longest run, it was the longest run of the season so far during that game, was 66 yards yards and he took off that man has some jets oh my goodness I was watching that play yeah contain those edges that's all I can really say for the Cowboys defense on that one and then after that you see a little bit of a dip his third um, best game this season he only had 86 yards considering he touched the ball 20 times average 4.3 yards a carry longest run that week was 13 yards so again you're not seeing the number five in the NFL top 100 Jonathan Taylor that you saw last season but he is still a threat especially on those edges I think if anything the Cowboys defense is going to be tested early with seeing how much they can seal up those edges and uh, again the tackling is going to be huge you have to tackle him down you there's no if ands or buts about it Jonathan Taylor will break through those arms and with all of these games that I went back and watched film on him that's what you see. You see him just pushing and trucking along. He wears defenses out quickly, and he is a very special player. When he is hot, he is hot. I want to piggyback off of that really quick because it's so interesting because yesterday when we were in here, I was talking about how this game gives me, like, Giants vibe 2.0. Uh, to Aisha's point, you know, the Giants at least had the added luxury of having Daniel Jones being mobile as a quarterback. I think the Colts rank 25th in their rushing offense. Yes. And so to me, you know, just to your point, Jess, it it kind of bodes to the point like you shut down Jonathan Taylor. What else can this team really do? Because you've got to force Matt Ryan to throw. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. So it just circle it coming full circle. You know, when we talk about how do we see the run defense find success, you shut down Jonathan Taylor and then you see that pass rush privilege on full display because now we've got Matt Ryan throwing. Is it a Kirk to that again man. where he gets that, sacked seven times? I, I, mean, I mean, they literally have, when we talk about tough offenses, let's go down the list, 26th in total offense, 30th in scoring, 25th in rushing, 18th in passing, 28th in third down, last in sacks, <laughs> tied for last in turnovers, 29th in the red zone, 29th in big plays, 27th in yards play. And by the way, you're going up against a 7th-ranked defense 
uh, second in scoring, first in passing, fifth in third downs, first in sacks, tied for seventh in turnovers. It, it could be a rough day in office for the four, seven, and one Colts that have Jeff Saturday, which we're going to get into mm-hmm. just kind of our thoughts on that in our next block. Uh, on paper, the Cowboys should handily have this. What concerns me a little bit, ladies, is we talked about after the bye week, the Cowboys should have beat the Packers, who were coming off five straight losses. Now, Matt Ryan is no Aaron Rodgers, but they didn't have a lot of weapons. I think a lot of people, including the team, were shocked at the egg that they laid. And when we hear Mike McCarthy talk yesterday that it wasn't their best practice, that, you know, it's like he gives these guys the time off, which I think they appreciate. But I feel like sometimes they come back from these long breaks. It's like we keep talking about, you know, again, going back to the penalties, the issue has been the focus. We talk about the run defense. The issue is the focus. If you're going to fix those things, you and, and Dak has talked about, you got to do those little things in practice. There's only so much he can do with people when they're away from the facility. They have families, they have wives, et cetera. But when they're in the building, the focus has to be there. And when you hear the coach say, practice wasn't really what you want, are you at all concerned by that? Well, I'm, I'm glad that he's being transparent about it because I'm sure that's something that happens within the NFL often is that, you know, sometimes the practice showing isn't great, but good for him for holding them accountable and talking about it. And and sounds like he called them out and they came to a, a better resolution. I believe that somebody asked about how practice was today and it seemed like it was better energy and stuff. But um, as far as as far as what's going on with them and them having the time off, I, I think it's a it's a hard balance to find, like you were saying, because these these guys do need time away from their family. Mike McCarthy's very big on them getting the time to kind of recharge and stuff. But then also you mentioned, like, how do you keep guys locked in during that time? He mentioned some virtual stuff as well, though, in going that route while they are away. But I see what you're saying in regard to them not being focused. And It's also week 13, Mm -hmm. and it's a 4-7-1 and Colts team. You know, it's hard to get up for, I think, an AFC opponent. You know, it's easy for them to lock in when it's the Vikings. They've got to prove themselves after the Packers Mm -hmm. game. But you really thought they should have gotten up for the Packers. I mean, it was Mike McCarthy's return home game. It was, like I said, it was— They beat themselves that game. Right, it was an—and you just—you hope that on a Sunday night football—can you imagine what that would do to the locker room? I hang on. They gonna get up. I'm just. It, it, which, how many Sunday night games did they play? Sunday night games that they played this year. It's the second one besides the Bucks. Second. second one. They yeah. had the Bucks the first week. They get up. It's just, but oh, it's also no. you sort of get long in the tooth in the season. It's week thirteen. It's exhausting. Well, they had the the Sunday night game with the Bucks in week one. Didn't they have another one though, or am I tripping? Barnacles. I don't. No, think so. I'm thinking Thursday night. Yeah. I'm thinking Thursday night. I Ignore think me. too is what anything has showed us these last couple of weeks with this Cowboys team is. Surprise, surprise, they're human. That that illness that's going around the locker room, which we learned from Mike McCarthy today, is multiple things. He wouldn't specify on what exactly it was. But you're also seeing human, the human side within these players of they get sick. And, you know, I know for me personally, when I'm sick, it's hard for me to recover. And I'm not out there putting my body on the line playing football. These men are, and they have to still get up. They still have to come to work. This is their job. And so I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of that spreading throughout the locker room. But also, I, I think it could be this this week off, this mini buy, if you will, is a good reset for that in itself. Because when you're sick, it takes your body a little bit to bounce back. And, um, you know, for them who have to go out and play physical, I can't even imagine how much harder that is for them. So okay. but it's going to be interesting. When you, sh- you play your best football. And yeah. so, yeah, December football's why, here. That's why the guys got to stay focused. Yeah. Uh, they've got to show up. Like I said, on paper, 
We've seen the lines uh, continuously move in the, the Cowboys' direction ahead of this game this week. Uh, so we'll see how they step up. Uh, we enjoyed talking about the Titans yesterday and some of the nicknames that they had. Haley, I know you've got this awesome sit down with Peyton Hendershot that we want to get into, but I also want to talk about just defensively uh, the Colts. While we talk about their offenses, is pretty rough. Uh, their passing defense is fifth in the league. So how we see uh, the Cowboys' tight ends, because we've seen them throw out four tight ends on the field. I think their four tight end sets has resulted in three touchdowns this season. How that matches up with what the Colts are going to field on the field on the defensive side of the ball. We'll have that, plus a discussion about Jeff Saturday is doing a lot of delegating as the interim coach. Did Mike do any of that when he when he came to Dallas? We'll kick that idea around here in a little bit. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back after this break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza, powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 17th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes, and, of course, Santa Claus will visit, too. Head to the thestardistrict.com slash Christmas for more information on that. All right, let's talk about uh, the Cowboys' tight ends. As I referenced ahead of the break, uh, there was a period in Dallas where Jason Witten was your lone tight end here. And the building, and talking to a couple of my sources, when Jason Witten decided to come out of retirement and come back, had the building split a little bit because they liked the development of Blake Jarwin and they liked the development of Dalton Schultz. And I can't name too many other Titans other than maybe Gavin Escobar uh, that really stand out to me in recent years. Jeff Swain. Uh, Jeff Swain's another one. Mm-hmm. Good name. 
Uh, but these guys have become so memorable so quick. And some of that has to do with their personality. But I think the other aspect of it is this their production. Uh, again, what was the little note that I had written out here? Yeah. They've done, when we talk about their tight end play, each has played in 23% of their snaps against the Giants. They had four tight ends in seven plays this season, and that resulted in three touchdowns. Thanks to uh, Edward or over at ESPN. I saw that fun little note. Uh, so these guys are not only memorable for their personalities, but for their performance this year. And Peyton Hendershot has really stood out to you, thanks to a sit-down you got to do. And I want to plug that. You said that that drops when? The full interview drops on Saturday. I did put a fun little nugget up today. Uh, Peyton told me a story about his 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 draft journey was nuts. He thought he was going to get drafted. They drafted his boy Jake instead. Uh, so when they actually came here, like Peyton couldn't stand Jake, which I just think is so funny because <laughs> um, now they're inseparable. But he talked about how he pretty much negotiated a deal with the um, Chiefs. So he was going to play with Patrick Mahomes. Lunda Wells gave him a call and said, come be my guy. Like, I will coach you. And so the deal was done. He told Andy Reid, never mind. Uh, can so, you imagine, but real quick, can you imagine no. saying, <laughs> I so don't want to go play with a guy like Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes. Or Travis Kelsey. Everyone That's what I say. And then a guy like Travis Kelsey. I mean, both of these guys are future Hall of Famers. And you're saying, I would rather go to Dallas, who hasn't won anything since 1995, and it already feels like it's a full tight end room. It was just interesting, too, because you can tell he's coming from just such a place of humility. He talked about growing up, coming where he came from, to be in this position. He couldn't—there were so many moments in the interview where he just kind of stopped and was like— I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. And so when you think about when you put together what he's been able to do, because he's not your highest producing tight end from a statistical standpoint, but he does. We talked about it yesterday. He draws a lot away. He's fast. He can be a deep threat if you need him to be. He can run the ball in like he did on Thursday. But it was just so intricate and so detailed the way he's just so passionate about being a tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And to your point, Jane, like you said, we haven't really seen that in a while. Jason Witten is the only one that comes to mind when I think about that true, I'm a Dallas Cowboys tight end through and through. And so I love that about our conversation. I, like I said, I love the, the Chiefs comment. Um, but Where something did else, he come from when you talk about his background? Did he get into that at all with you? As far as like growing up? Yeah. No, he just he mentioned a little bit about, you know, like growing up was tough. So I am I didn't want to dig too much in that specific interview just because those are meant to be a little bit more lighthearted. But I know he comes from Indiana. He's mentioned to me before in the locker room, too, like, you know, just growing up was a little bit tough for him. So I don't know the type of background or what he grew up in from a family standpoint. I know family is very important to him. Um, but that just kind of goes playing into that chip on his shoulder that he has. He talked about how when the draft process was playing out and he didn't get that call, my favorite soundbite he said of the whole day, he said, you know, I, this is something that I've been looking forward to for my whole life. It was the one thing that I had circled where I said, I'm going to do this, and I thought I was going to go out and do it. So to not hear my name called on draft night, it broke him. You know, and you don't hear that a lot from these guys. And I resonate with that because I was a walk on in college. So that hits close to home because you want to play a little harder. You have a little bit more to prove. But when he came here, he was like, I didn't talk to anybody. I put my head down and I just went to work. I didn't want to be friends with anybody because I, this is what I had to prove. And so just to knowing that now, knowing that, you know, six, seven months ago, whenever he was coming in to rookie mini camp and OTAs and all of that, that that was his mentality. And then seeing how far he has now developed to 
being the guy he is. And what I loved about the way he spoke was everything that he said when it came to his production or his role in that room is to help the others be successful. He talked about how if he would have been drafted instead of Jake, Jake wouldn't be in Dallas. And he was like, everything happened for a reason. And, you know, so that's just how it played out. He talked about how, you know, when I go out on the field, my role is to, you know, stop the defense as much as possible so the other guys can be successful. And I just, I finished editing it today. I wish it could drop today, but they always drop on Sundays first and 10. But yeah, it was honest to God, one of my absolute favorite interviews I've done. And his energy, like he's just so personable. So I'm really excited for the full thing to drop. We're excited. I yeah. just love fans great. when they, I love pieces like that because there are just certain guys that we constantly go to, particularly the NFL Network, when we do a post-game interview, I had actually said, I want to grab Jake Ferguson or Peyton Hendershot, but most your national audience doesn't really care. Of course, we had Ezekiel Elliott mm-hmm. instead, who gave me some great stuff. But I find myself, it reminds me of uh, Deion Sanders used to be on NFL Network, and it was, if you ball, you get the call. Yeah. Yeah, Deion's like post-game it. show. And I was covering the Saints, and it, Michael Thomas had this like breakout game. He lost his shoe in the game, and there was like this great story about the reason why he lost his shoe was they always get his shoe size wrong. And so he typically plays with a shoe that doesn't always fit. And I had said to Dion, do you want Michael Thomas? And he was like, nah. And I was like, I went up to Michael Thomas. I was like, you bald, you get my call. And so it's like, and then you see Michael Thomas, yeah. you know, obviously end up with his ridiculous. Now, he hasn't done much in the last two years with the Saints. But I always love when you get those guys early on and people don't know them yet sharing their stories. And Michael Thomas was obviously a lot of higher uh, in the draft coming out of Ohio State. But I love the little unsung hero guys uh, like Peyton and Jake. Yeah, and I, I love that you brought up Jake, too. When I walked over to because we always bring him over here to our studio. So when I went over to get Peyton, this is how much like in tune him and Jake are. Jake assumed that he was coming with us. He's like, oh, like, do I need to get dressed too? And I was like, no, Jake, not everything is about you. Like today we're going to let Peyton shine a little bit. So it's just, it's really fun to just see how they play off of one of it play off of one another it's and I know we're going to kind of get into how this tight end room you know goes against the Colts defense but kind of to what I was talking about earlier in the week they all have such a specific role within that room and the way that they have just bought into that being what they do best I think is the most impressive part especially given that you know three of the four are pretty new to the NFL. So to be able to step in, to make big plays, to just be just goofy, funny. I mean, they are truly a joy on the field, off the field, wherever it is. I would love to like just hang out with them for like outside of this building. And credit to what Coach Wells has done with that That's many guys. Yeah. Saying, like, what he's been able to create in that group. And I don't think I've ever seen players like Dak or Zeke light up about tight ends <laughs> like that because Dalton is very different personality-wise. I mean, granted, he's a little bit older, but I remember even Dalton being, like, the number two guy when Blake was the guy before he got injured. But I do think that this is creating a situation for the Cowboys, particularly that's all tight end when we talk about – Finding money for OBJ. You've got Trayvon Diggs coming up. You have to renegotiate Dak's contract at some point. I don't know where Dalton fits into the puzzle here. And I could see him very easily going somewhere else looking for a tight end because they're going to be able to pay him. Whereas the Cowboys are going to say, we've got an embarrassment of riches in that room right Mm -hmm. now. Why are we going to do a long-term deal? And I know Stephen Jones talked about they had tried in good faith to get it done. I just wonder if Dalton Schultz now kind of wishes maybe he did 
But if he's not going to get paid here, Dalton's going to get paid somewhere sure. else. Somebody yeah. has two back-to-back touchdowns um, in this game for the Cowboys against the Giants. Yeah, and even you talked about, like, the, the tight end room. Sean McEwen, yeah. like, he's been he's actually been around for some of the up and down, and you can just see how comfortable he is and him just being able to come in and play his role in blocking and being out there and, and they doing all just his job. Do their job. Yeah, and, and to go into this week – they're probably going to have to do some chipping. They're probably going to have to come help out because this defensive line for the Colts has some guys on it. Like, they're going to have to do more, obviously, in the passing game, but they're going to probably have to help out with this D-line as well. And I think something that's really exciting about this tight end group specifically is the toolbox it gives Kellen Moore, and he loves to use the term toolbox. And that's because, well, over here you have Jake, who's just physical. He's a physical player. You have Peyton, who's fast. And so... So you have these tight ends that can act really as pass pro protection uh, blockers and really essentially wide receivers if you need them to because they have this toolbox full of uh, these young tight ends that can confuse and wear down defenses because same thing like we talked about a couple weeks ago with Tony Pollard really stepping up as he has. You don't know what you're getting when Tony Pollard's on the field. But same thing with this tight end group. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know if uh, Jake is going to sit there and uh, block you out or if he's going to run down the field and he's going to hurdle you. uh, Hurdle you. I mean, you don't don't know. And I think uh, Zeke telling me yesterday how in the Giants game, one had hurdled the defender and they literally said to Jake, or was it Henny? (laughs) Stay in bounds. It was Jake. It was was Jake. Jake. Stay Stay in bounds. bounds. Don't try to hurdle him. What did he do? He went and tried to hurt. And they pushed him out of bounds and they was yeah. all mad. Like. And anytime you can confuse an opposing defense like yeah. that, do it. Play those mind oh, games and play them up because this is a great and young tight end room. That's that's the best part of it. They're young. They establish this kind of brotherhood off and on the field. Now, imagine years down the road. If the Cowboys are able to keep all of them, that's that's another conversation for a different day. Yeah. So how do we see them matching up defensively against the Colts? How would you utilize them in this one? Mm, they're going to have – so the Colts linebackers are pretty fast. I think the strength of their team right now for sure is that secondary. <laughs> yes. Because they, that's they, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, Stephon Gilmore has not given up a TD. You got Kenny Moore the second that is not expected to play from what I've seen. Um, he's dealing with a leg injury. and But Rodney McLeod's back there, and he's no joke as well. Like They got some guys that can really shut down what you want to do uh, against the pass. But – as far as and then their defensive line can get after it as well. So I would definitely be trying to attack some of the shallow stuff, some of the, you know, just quick hitter stuff, boots, waggles, kind of get your guys out on the run, get them moving because this linebacker core is really good coming forward and they're fast. They're fast. They're good against the run, but you can catch them in coverage a couple of times. So I think that the tight ends will have opportunities here this week. I'm having a bit of a brain freeze. Haley, did we go through the injury report when we came out of the break? We did not. I was going to get to it at the very end since we did start with it, but I can do it right now. Yeah, why don't we get into the injury report? Because depending on if we're going to be missing one of the Cowboys wide receivers to an illness, it might mm, tie into the And that was exactly going to be my transition. So perfect. So injury report today for the Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs and Michael Gallup both out with an undisclosed illness. Mike Which, McCarthy. By the way, he refuses to say whether it's COVID. I was just getting ready to yeah. say that. Yeah, like he didn't Haley specify. Like on the same wavelength. Yeah, we didn't specify. He did say they've been doing some virtual stuff. So I mean, at least they're still. That gives me hope because you know that means they're still at the very least participating. 
So we'll keep an eye on that. Anthony Barr was limited again, but we also got good feedback from Mike on him today. I think he said, uh, where did I write that down? He looks good. He has a good chance. He had a nice day. So that's that. James Washington also had a nice day as well, too. Uh, J. Ron Curse was limited with his shoulder. I was joking with him in the locker room. I told him my mom said he better play on Sunday. So uh, Mama Sutton wants to see 27 on <laughs> Why the field. Why does Mama Sutton love 27? <laughs> she just she randomly asked about it. My mom is probably like the biggest football fan I've ever met, especially with the Cowboys. We're very big in my household. Before I started working here, um, they dictated our mood for oh, like yeah. the week. Yeah. And that was very indicative of like my mom's personality. That's so like, dad. yeah, she on Thanksgiving when Marcel, my boyfriend was in town, he was at home watching the game with them and he was texting me during the game and he was like, <laughs> your mom, like she loves football. And I was like, yes, she does. So we'll see with CJ Ron Curse. He's battling that shoulder injury. Demarcus Lawrence limited with a foot injury. Uh, Terrence Steele popped up today. He did not practice for personal reasons. Um, so just something to keep an eye out on as we go into Friday and this weekend. On the other side of the ball, or on the other side of the, yeah, I guess on the other side of the ball, the Colts uh, had some guys come back. So uh, Ben Binoku was full participant today. I should have practiced his name. Kiki Co- Kute. It's QT. 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 Perfect. QT. QT. He was full go today. Um, Who did not practice? Kenny Moore did not practice today. So that's something to be mindful of. You were just talking about the secondary. Um, They had a tackle who did not practice. Braden Smith and Jelani Woods did not practice for the second straight Mm. day. That's big. We had a lot of talk about Jelani yesterday. Yeah, and he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, what did did you say? Braden? Braden. Braden Smith. Oh, Kaylin Granson is their starting tight end. And oh, yeah, yeah. Kylan. I missed Kylan, him. Kylan, rather. Injury. Uh, it seems like he, I went and did some digging, read a couple articles. Looks like he's on the uptick to come back. He was full today. With, yeah, especially with, Jay, with Jelani not playing. But it's kind of a big deal because last game you could tell that when Matt, uh, when Matt Ryan was in a bind, he was going to Jelani because he's such a big guy. He's such yeah. a big target. He's easy to see. Like he's easy to see. He's gonna his catch radius is kind of crazy too. So I honestly feel like the Jelani loss is kind of big for a guy that's kind of scrambling and just trying to see the free guy sometimes when he's trying to fire the ball. And this is tough because he's listed with a shoulder and a quad. Track, yeah. So I'm not sure which one is more limiting when it comes to mm-hmm. him. I would probably assume the quad just because quad muscles are always so difficult to come back from. But yeah, definitely something to pay attention to for tomorrow when they send this out. I don't typically like to ask uh, people about their personal lives unless they volunteer it. Uh, but Haley, when we were in the press box this weekend, we, I had a little fun and I actually was wondering it because I was going to ask you about it. You had said your boyfriend Marcel was in town. Yes. You were obviously at the stadium uh, mm-hmm. busy working and he got sort of a baptism by fire <laughs> hanging out with your family on the couch watching the game. How <laughs> yes, did that did. go? Did mom and dad like him? Oh, mom and dad love him. Um I hope he's listening. He never does when I brag about him. But uh, I, full disclosure, I came from a horrible relationship. So anything Marcel does, I'm like, he is so good. You know what I mean? Uh, but he is a people person. He works for ESPN. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's the Dolphins reporter for ESPN. Power couple. Yeah, and he is so good with people. And so he had met my mom before. He actually won her over. He took us to Disney World this summer with my niece. 
Um, so we went to Disney World, and so she was he sold on Disney that. Passes you get exactly, every- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so y'all know, he didn't put the bill on that. But at Disney, when he worked, for yeah. ESPN, so they float US. yeah, so every season you get like what four passes, yeah, like spring and fall. Yeah, so he had my mom sold from there, but um, he really won the respect of my dad because he helped me move from Miami to uh, Dallas when I was taking that, this when job. They don't have to do all the work. Yeah, and I mean he planned the whole thing. Like I remember it was like probably like my third to last night when I was in Miami. We were out at our favorite bar and um he randomly was like let's chart this trip so he like whips out his phone we're like (laughs) sitting at the bar and he like whips out his phone and he's like okay if we leave here and we get to this city that would give us this many hours and so we like charted our trip back um at the bar we get home and so my dad loved him but he's a real one yeah he's such a people person he's really well he's not a people person i shouldn't be saying that he he is good with people um but yeah it was fine um they were all in a food coma i do have the text confirming that he loved the food and that he quote will be back next year so there you go that's good he's future planning how many thanksgivings do you make it like people be people be like yeah you made it it all the way to another thanksgiving i don't think i've ever had one at 42 years old i don't think i've had one guy and that's including my ex-husband next thanksgiving i think he's the only one so i mean like i said he's just he's really good he's really supportive he helps me out a lot with this job too because he's been working in the nfl he started um he was covering the panthers for a little bit and then went to the bills that was his first espn job and now he's down in miami um so he's got a lot of experience sometimes the way he'll like text me stuff during the game where he's like the dallas defense has had six pressures so far four of which where they brought four and i'm like okay copy and paste tweet (laughs) so like yeah so he's been really helpful and he's awesome so if you guys with the dolphins too go follow him on Twitter. Uh-huh. I love that. I love that it's working for you. My ex-husband uh, was a sports reporter too, which is why I switched to news. There, there couldn't be two sports personalities yeah. oh. in the household. He's now out of the business, and you know, I continued Still on. Do yeah. Yeah. I went back, yeah. I went back to sports. But well, he's good too because you for figuring it out. Yeah, he writes mostly. He does do some TV stuff. Like I think it was the day whenever he was like he on was the TV behind here. me, and so that's fun. So he usually writes though. So it's actually nice because we're yin and yang to where you know like I help him with like the TV stuff, and then like he helps me with like hmm. the football stuff. So it's really good balance. That's awesome. It. Well, yeah. you have been such a value add around here. I've told you this multiple times. Uh, and I think sometimes, and this isn't all men, but I think that they think that we've got guys in our ears telling us how to do your, our job. I love that Marcel's not doing that, but he is helping you get better at your job because yeah. there are nuances to this. For I'm still learning. I constantly go to coworkers. I've got questions. You know, like I said, even this week, I'm asking dumb questions to Dak and Zeke. Well, why aren't you doing silent counts? It's a great <laughs> question. Though. I love that. It was, was so like, good. Zeke was like. Well, I think you were inventing football. Like, and then he, so and then he thought about it afterwards. But then he was like, but I see your logic. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then in the locker room, too, when he went up to you, he was like, no, wait, that was actually a really good point. Like, he was sitting on it for a while. I love just Zeke and Dak, period, this year. Just feel more relaxed yeah. with themselves and with those in, this, in the media. Not like they haven't, but it's just I feel like – They've really sort of grown into their own this year, having yeah. been with them since their rookie year. So I love I loved to see it for both guys. Uh, but I love, like I said, we get these opportunities. I'm going to ask you about your family because I know they're huge <laughs> Cowboy fans. Yep. And and I also love about your military background and, and the fact that you were a quasi-mom for a little bit. Yeah. yeah love your heart. So today. I want people to also get to know you guys on a personal level because, as I noticed with radio – 
when they're listening to you every day, they come to you for the information, but then they also feel like they start to get to know you. Yeah. And so they stay bought in when they feel like we open up a little bit. So thank you for sharing. I know. I oh, yeah. And there. these girls know, too. Like, anytime I get a chance to talk about him. Oh, yeah. Myself. We always tell her, too, when she takes pictures with him, she has this, like, beautiful, <laughs> glowy glows. smile. It is the cutest thing. She goes, I know it's cheesy. I know. Like, no, own it. Sickening. It is so Marcel, cute. don't mess up. No, know, big sis will come for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take our, thir- our second and final break. But when we come back, we are going to have a pass interference for you. And I also am going to pivot for you girls. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the Colts defense, but I think we got into it in that break. Let's talk a little bit about Jess Saturday and this whole delegation thing that he's doing since becoming the interim head coach for the Colts. And whether Mike has done that at this point in his career or not since coming to the Cowboys. We'll have that more on the other side of the break. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Voice Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jess, we got some live reads. Well, give the gift of Cowboys this holiday season with Dallas Cowboys United a membership. Gift your super fan the annual fan club membership and a fan pack for as little as $20 because tis the season. Learn more at DallasCowboys.com slash United. Sounds like the perfect gift for my dad. Sounds that. like uh, he's my target audience for that. I love that. I wasn't expecting my dad at the end. I'm sorry. Do it for the dads. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about Jess Saturday. For those that aren't familiar, he's taken over as the interim coach, f- former offensive lineman for the Colts. Uh, great relationship with Jim Ursay. Chris Ballard, the GM, thought he obviously could do the job. It hasn't worked out so great for him yet. Uh, young OC talking about doing a lot of delegating. You know, he knows how to lead men. It's interesting. We'll see if it works. Um, in Dallas, I, Haley, you asked the question to Mike McCarthy about that day, and we'll get to your response in a little bit. But I find it a little perplexing because I have talked to Mike McCarthy about delegating. And particularly this offseason, the members of the media at the Combine all got to sort of meet with Mike. 
And I asked him point blank because it's sometimes, particularly in the 49ers game in the playoff loss, why haven't you just taken over the playbook? Yeah. That's what you were known for. That's what you did in Green Bay. And he said that he had learned at a certain point in his career that he can't do everything and that he has to delegate a little bit. So his response to you today was interesting to me. Yeah, it was just a little frustrating because it wasn't leading. Like, I knew it would be a tricky question. That's probably why it hadn't been asked yet. So I wanted to make sure I framed it in a way that wasn't comparing him or his accomplishments to what Jeff Saturday has done. I point blank asked him, like, do you see or feel any parallels between his delegation versus what you chose to do when you started here? And he was not having that. He was very much he I think he even said, you know, you, I don't think you can even compare the yeah. two situations. And that was that. So I get it because I'm sure in his mind he took it as though I'm guessing he took it as though it was an attack on his accomplishments and what he's done in the past. But I mean, it definitely was a little bit of a like, OK, my bad. Like. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I just, that you were just asking how it is when you first are yeah. a coach. Like you're a new head just coach. Just the adjustment. When you initially and... come in. Well, and Jeff Saturday talked about that in his press conference earlier, too, about the hardest part so far is the distractions. And by distractions, he means the extra meetings, meeting yeah. with media, and doing everything while still trying to get your feet on the ground. So he did talk about that. And I feel like if anybody could relate to those distractions and how hard it is to really just adjust to any kind of coaching job, it was Mike McCarthy. Absolutely. I certainly That's felt good. like his first year, there was only so so much bandwidth that even Mike had with COVID, the technology. I yeah. felt like some of the problems with the defense were he didn't spend as much time over there on that side of the ball. He was letting Mike Nolan and those guys do their thing. And that's why things sort of fell apart. And now you've got Dan Quinn that fully has a handle on that defense. He doesn't really have to do much over there. But, yeah, there. I think that there has been – there's an element to all of that. Even with my job at NFL Network, I can only do so much. And I didn't have a producer for my first four years here in Dallas, and most reporters do, just because there's so much – there's not transcripts. There's tons of audio – uh, we're on air a lot of times when it's like open practice and particularly on game days. It took me a while to sort of trust Bobby Belt, who was just on Media <laughs> Mash with me, to be able to do some things where it was because you're so used to doing things all by yourself. That MMJ I, if, life, girl. Right. But yep. it's also like <laughs> the only person that's going to get it right is myself. The only mm. person I trust is myself. So, yeah, sort of interesting discussion. I probably should have given us more time and more nuance to get into it, but thought that was sort of fascinating. Uh, before we wrap the show, we got a pass interference from you, Jess. All right. The Cowboys are 10-6 against the Colts, where they have racked up a total of 45 touchdowns and 5,527 offensive yards. On average, though, they score nearly three touchdowns a game against the Colts. They'll average a little more uh, than 20 first downs and then a little over 245 offensive yards per game. But in case you're wondering, the Cowboys defense has allowed, uh, on average, 311 yards for the Colts offense per game. Love so it. there you go. All right. Well, starting next week, we're going to do a fun new segment because, again, as we have sort of gotten our sea legs under us, new staff here, new coach uh, on this show for the podcast this season. I feel like we're beginning to hit our stride a little bit. Uh, but we'd also like to start engaging a little bit more with the fans. I think all of us get your questions on Twitter or on Instagram, uh, but I always love taking calls. So we're going to start doing that on Thursdays next week. The number will be one 
1-888-855-2297. I sound like a telemarketer. Yeah, you do. 1-888-855-2297. So we'll start taking your calls uh, next Thursday. We will, of course, be screening you, so don't be idiots uh, mm-hmm. when you call in. Uh, but it'll give us an opportunity <laughs> to sort of interact with you guys and answer any questions that you have ahead of the game. So keep that in mind, and then we, of course, remind you of that next week. Thanks for tuning in. Let's hope that we're talking Victory Monday as they face the Colts this weekend. Until then, enjoy your weekends. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!